Put a finger down if someone in your life makes you miserable more often than not. Put a finger down if every time you spend time with that person, you feel emotionally, psychologically, and otherwise drained. Put a finger down if you feel not good enough. Put a finger down if you've ever questioned your own sanity. Put a finger down if you've ever described yourself as feeling emotionally numb or dead inside or something like that. Put a finger down if someone in your life makes you feel like you don't matter or like you're not as important as they are or as important as other people are. Put a finger down if that person has made you feel shocked or overwhelmed or outraged by their behavior. Put a finger down if you're always putting that person's needs before your own because you're scared of what that person will do if you don't. Put a finger down if you sometimes feel tired or stuck or almost paralyzed like you can't do anything at all. Put a finger down if this person has ever made you isolate yourself from people in your life because it was too stressful to have them in your life at the same time as this person. For the average toxic narcissist, the discard is going to lead to the sort of out of sight, out of mind phenomenon. They don't see you as a whole person, but rather as an extension of themselves. Their perception of relationships isn't the same as yours or mine because they see previous relationships in a similar way to technology. I've often talked about how narcissists think of love like a cell phone. And what I mean is that their perception of relationships isn't exactly like ours. They kind of see it like a smartphone. So when you first get a smartphone, you think it's awesome because it's new and it's shiny and it has all the good features, stuff you haven't seen before. But eventually it kind of slows down and it becomes obsolete. And then a newer, faster, better model comes out and you quickly upgrade. Maybe you miss a feature or two from the old phone, but you don't really dwell on it because the new phone is so much better. It's exactly how narcissists see relationships. Have you ever noticed how when you've been with a narcissist, you end up isolated? You end up with no one when all is said and done? There's a reason for this. It's because narcissists isolate you intentionally, whether they do so directly by forbidding you from seeing people or they do so indirectly by messing with your head about those people, making you feel like those people are bad or wrong in some way. It turns out it wasn't you after all. You didn't push everybody away, not on purpose. Maybe you did because it was easier than dealing with the narcissist's anger, but it wasn't because you did something wrong. Is because you were tired, you were exhausted, you were emotionally fried, and you just couldn't take anymore. The narcissist did that on purpose. You were easier to control when isolated. After you get out of a relationship with a narcissist, inevitably you're going to feel like you've been traumatized. You're going to feel like you've just been through hell and back. And that's exactly how most of us feel in those moments. You feel confused, you feel lost, you feel hurt. You don't understand how you were so in love with that person in one minute and then in the next minute suddenly you're trash and there's nothing that you can do to change their opinion. They might cheat on you. They'll definitely devalue you. They will humiliate you and you'll find yourself going how in the heck am I ever supposed to trust anybody again ever. You doubt yourself, you doubt your ability to judge other people, and maybe up to this point in your life you thought, I'm really good at understanding people. It's kind of one of my gifts. I thought that too. Narcissists aren't like other people. Anybody who's been in a relationship with a narcissist will feel me on this one. You are dealing with someone who's not a standard human being. They don't have the same kinds of emotions. They most definitely do not have the same kind of empathy as normal people. A narcissist once told me that they felt insecure in conversations where they were being shown up. So they would find a pain point for the person they were talking to and poke at them. But this way they could sort of win the conversation. Narcissists also have a way of using drama or anxiety-inducing behavior to get your attention. So if they feel like you're not paying close enough attention to them, they're going to do something crazy. Now back in the 1960s, Dr. Stephen Karpman documented something called the Karpman Drama Triangle. And there are three basic roles in this triangle. They are victim, persecutor, and rescuer. 
the worst part is you won't know when they choose to play which role, so at any given time, you're going to be walking on eggshells. You'll feel stuck and frozen. Narcissists have a way of going to revisit their old flames, but you gotta know, it's not about the old flame. Instead, it's about whatever they can get from that person in the form of narcissistic supply. So if that happens to you, don't confuse this with the idea that they miss you or they feel like something is real going on there. Think of it like this. You're craving ice cream and you hear the ding, ding, ding of the ice cream truck coming down the street. What like you think? I was just craving ice cream. So you go outside, you stand there with your money and you're all excited. But then as the ice cream truck approaches, you don't turn away and go back inside if you see a truck that's different than the truck you originally thought you were going to see, right? You're not thinking of the specific truck at all. You're only thinking of the awesome ice cream that you're about to eat. <laughs> so it's what the truck can provide you, not the truck itself. You can and you would get your ice cream from any truck. So does that make sense to you? It's kind of how narcissists see relationships. So we're going to dig in and relate this to the narcissists and their psychology. By nature, narcissists are extreme in their affections. They tend to be as shallow as they are unstable. Now during the love bombing or idealization phase, they're going to find you highly desirable. And since they're in acquisition mode at the beginning of a relationship, they're really on their best behavior. They're trying to get you hooked. They're trying to win you. So they're not going to bother to look for everything wrong with you just yet. They're going to put you up on a pedestal and they're going to fool both you and themselves in this moment. Now, the truth is that part of the reason we don't notice the red flags during that time is because a lot of the things narcissists are saying, they actually believe at that moment. They really think at least temporarily that they have found Mr. or Ms. Perfect. But you have to remember too that narcissists lack object constancy. Object constancy is a Freudian concept that essentially means for us that narcissists can't love us and be angry at us in the same moment. So literally when they feel angry at you, they almost hate you. And that means they can only see you as either nearly perfect or totally and completely worthless. See, there's no in between. They're black and white kind of thinkers. Of course, right about the time they get you fully attached and enmeshed, they're going to start to notice little bitty flaws around you. Nothing big, just enough to help them recognize that, oh my gosh, this is a human and not like a perfect being. Of course, now that they've got you in their clutches, they're going to see you as a sort of object or a trophy, if you will. While this is going to feel super awesome at first, it almost feels too good to be true. You're going to notice pretty quickly that it actually is the idealization or love bombing phase and it will end painfully and abruptly as the discard phase comes up. This is around the time the narcissist will get bored and their feelings seem to go kind of from fire to ice. They'll suddenly become the most critical person you've ever met. Now it might start subtly at first. You'll get a veiled insult or something and before you know it, you become the target of pretty horrific psychological abuse. Most narcissists don't have really good relationships and once they have you, they're almost going to feel like they don't want you anymore. But of course, if they lose you, as you know, they go into hoovering mode a lot of the time. Suddenly they're going to need to be with you again. Nothing will stand in their way. The chase resumes and guess what? They'll pursue you like no other, at least until they have you back, in which case they circle right back around into the devalue of discard phases. Of course, this can feel almost as good as love bombing to you if you are an unsuspecting codependent. But just like always, the other shoe drops despite how sincerely the narcissist recently professed their love. And no matter how many exciting and detailed future faking plans they tricked you into believing. As soon as their interest wanes, suddenly they develop a really convenient case of amnesia and they sort of start backing toward the proverbial exit door, as it were, and right out of the relationship. This is, as you're already aware, I'm sure, a vicious cycle that continues for months, years, or even decades. But where does it leave you? Devastated is an understatement. You won't understand how someone who was just so passionate and hot for you a minute ago is suddenly freezing you out. 
But how could they be so cold? Look, here's the simple, awful truth. In this moment, they do not care about you. Yeah, they might try to suck you back in at some point. And yes, the cycle will repeat if you allow it. But the truth is that they're not coming for you. It's the narcissistic supply that you give them. It's not who you are. It's what you can do for them. So is all this your fault? Did you do something wrong here? No, the fact is that you couldn't have done anything to change the situation. Narcissists repeat this cycle in every single one of their relationships in varying iterations. No matter who you are, and you could be and might be the most amazing person on the planet, it doesn't matter. The narcissist does not succeed in relationships at least not long-term healthy ones. Now don't get me wrong, a lot of times they're gonna sit around and suck up your narcissistic supply for years if you let them. I know of decades-long relationships like this, but the thing is they're incapable of keeping up that healthy facade for a long time, and this will lead healthier people or people who haven't had their self-esteem destroyed by parents or another toxic relationship in their lives to walk away from the narcissist, which leads the narcissist back to what? A more reliable form of supply maybe that's you going through these cycles of intermittent reinforcement which is ongoing punishment and rewards sprinkled the tiny crumbs of affection here and there to keep you hooked well that's going to cause the trauma bond to make you feel almost like an addict who has gone cold turkey on their drug of choice when the narcissist is no longer in your life so have you ever found yourself wishing the narcissist would regret losing you or wanting them to miss you once you are gone see the narcissist's selfish manipulative behavior has led us to spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to fix our broken relationships. And a lot of times we feel that way even when we're still in these relationships. And even if we recognized that something was just kind of off about it or that we were dealing with a toxic relationship during the relationship, we might have either second-guessed ourselves, doubted ourselves, or blamed ourselves, or some combination of all three, thanks to the ongoing invalidation and manipulation that we suffered at the hands of the narcissist. We find ourselves trying to figure out exactly what happened, and we try to understand why. We wanna know how much of it was really our fault, and we try to wrap our heads around what we've gone through. We wonder if the narcissist ever loved us, and we wonder what the heck is so wrong with us that we would put so much of ourselves into such a toxic, abusive person. We doubt that we can move forward alone and sometimes as a result of being told that we'll never be loved again or that we aren't capable of doing so. We think we are worthless and we doubt we deserve to be happy. All of this leads us to struggle with cognitive dissonance, a form of psychological stress or discomfort that happens when you simultaneously hold two or more contradictory beliefs ideas or values in your brain. In other words, because we see one thing and we're told another thing or shown another thing by the narcissist during the relationship, and because we try to, or we actually do start believing it, it messes with our heads in some pretty big ways. Ever notice how narcissists have this way of just kind of not telling the whole story? They tell the part that makes you look bad and the part that makes them look good, and they might twist a fact here and there, but they never tell the whole story. You experience this? Let me know. On the plus side, they're really predictable. They seem like they follow the same relationship patterns again and again and again. They go through the same cycle, which looks like love or idealize, devalue, discard, hoover, where they suck you back in and back again. This can happen time and time again in the same relationship or it can happen repeatedly throughout this narcissist's life in many different relationships and often concurrently with other relationships. A lot of survivors ask me if they have to tell the narcissist that they want to go no contact. The fact is it's pretty much up to you. If you have kids together, you might remain in contact until the kids are adults and even then you can stop communicating with the narcissist on anything outside of the children. Personally, while I don't think you owe them an explanation and you're under no real ethical obligation, a lot of survivors just want me to tell them to avoid the possibility of added drama. Now, while it doesn't always help, it could in some cases. It might be best to let them know via text, email, or snail mail. 
wouldn't suggest telling them in person as you'll only end up being talked out of it or suffering more abuse. In either case, it won't end well. And even though most people think narcissists are very devious and they do seem to be kind of outside of what society would prefer or what people in general would prefer them to be, they also are kind of simple and kind of predictable if you really look for the patterns. When a narcissist has lost control of you, when you've got no contact, they're going to flip out and yeah, they know exactly why you did it and they're mad because they lost control. As you go no contact, inevitably, you will end up having to ignore the narcissist. And if you're using the gray rock method, you might need to ignore a narcissist in person. And that can be a little difficult. What can you expect? Let's talk about it. Obviously, ignoring a narcissist can be both beneficial and troublesome for you as a supply or former supply. The narcissist can be very unpredictable. One of the most common things is you'll get lots of annoying calls and messages. I broke no contact. Okay, first of all, I'm sorry, all of this happened. I want you to take a deep breath and forgive yourself. You have to remember your brain, your body, it's working against you here, right? Don't forget, we all go through this at some point. Don't beat yourself up. Just stand up and get back on track. Because listen, here's the thing. No matter what happens, you will get through this. You can get through this. You're strong. You're beautiful. You've got this. Don't beat yourself up. You just experienced a Hoover. And what you're dealing with here is someone who needed something. They needed supply from you and she got it right. But you learned, you saw, you remembered, write this down, write down how you feel, write it in excruciating detail to help you remember next time she tries this. Stay strong, my friend. Big hugs to you. And then after a while, if that doesn't do the trick, the narcissist will often switch up their tactics. Sometimes you'll see kind of a more sincere side of them and they'll seem like they really get you and they really understand what you're talking about here. Of course, that's just another trick. It's a hoover. They're trying to suck you back in. They want to get your attention so that you can feed their ego. Now, when you keep ignoring them, things could get a little rough after a while. You might find yourself dealing with social media stalking, real life stalking, and a lot more. Narcissists might ask their friends to hound you on social media or flying monkeys, as it were, or just ask them to ask you to talk to them. They might ask their family members to do the same thing. Like I said, they might call you all the time. I've heard people talk about being called up to 150 times a day. And of course, if they do get a hold of you, a lot of times they're going to just continue on from an old conversation or a previous conversation and act like nothing really happened. Of course, they might also go off on a rant and accuse you of doing all the things they've done or of sleeping with other people or whatever. They might start a smear campaign or verbally attack you, calling you names and cutting you down as a person. Maybe they'll start messaging your friends or your family members to find out where you're at and what you're up to. Of course, if they find a new partner, they're definitely going to shove that in your face, a new source of narcissistic supply. They'll do this by either sending them directly to you or posting them on social media and making sure you see them. Those are just two of the ways. They might also have a family member or a friend send it to you. It's ridiculous. They'll do all sorts of psychological manipulation in order to just make you come back or do what they want or at least just pay attention to them. Because you have to remember, for narcissists, their main source of supply is attention. They might ignore you. They might profusely apologize over and over again. They might even express anger or regret. Bottom line though, you can't fall for it. The narcissist is looking for a fix. They're just like a drug addict in that way and your supply is their drug. Your attention, your concern, your emotions, narcissistic supply. Now here are a few things you can do if it gets out of control and you find yourself feeling afraid that something's going to happen to you. Try these things. 
Number one, change your phone number right away, even if you've had it for years. Sometimes you can get a temporary phone number change as well, if your phone number really matters to you. Number two, remove this person from all social media. Block them all the way across the board. Number three, you might need to reach out to their friends or family if you think they are willing to help by speaking with this person and explaining the importance of what's happening. You're going to want to stay away from the narcissist and the places they go as often as you can, and if necessary, get the police involved. Think about getting a restraining order or order of protection. Be prepared for the narcissist to potentially turn into a stalker. And if you want more information on how to protect yourself from stalking, you can always go to queenbeing.com stalkers. When you learn to recognize the early signs that you're dealing with a narcissist, then in the future you can decide if you want to continue to be in one of those relationships. All right, now this brings me to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever tried to ignore a narcissist and how did that go for you? And what tips or ideas would you offer to our survivors? community so that maybe you can help a fellow survivor just do a little better today. Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. All right, now that's all I've got for you. But before I go, take a look at the videos I'm leaving for you right there and right there. And while you're here, hit that subscribe button so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.